thank you that you've given us access through the shed blood of your son Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord, that there was suffering in the shed blood. There was atonement in the shed blood. There was fullness of payment in the shed blood of Jesus. And we thank you that it is that blood that enables us to even be in your presence and live. And so we thank you, Father, that there is life in your presence. There is life in your word. And you've ordained for us to partake of that life today. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. So um, today we're going to talk about divine timing. And the fact that God does work to make everything work together for the good. I think if we understand the the uh, underlying thought that God has, his underlying goal, his, his goal is to make all things work together for the good for all people, but especially those that love God and are, are the called according to his purpose. So as we reach out to other people, we intercede for other people, God is working on their behalf as well. <clears throat> So in Romans 8.28, we see that familiar scripture. It says here, what shall we say then? Oh, I'm sorry. I jumped down instead of up. All right. <laughs> it says, likewise, in verse 26, the spirit also helps our infirmities, helps our weaknesses, helps our ignorance, lack of knowledge. For we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he says also, he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So the Holy Spirit helps us when we just can't put it into words. I think that's that's really, and we just don't know which way to go. Um, many of you who pray in tongues know that you can start to worship God and you can start to pray in the spirit and pretty soon God can start to speak to you give you an answer back and so these are ways that the Holy Spirit helps our weaknesses that we really don't know we don't know what God's will is sometimes we know generally from the word of God but we we don't know specifically in certain instances sometimes our weakness may be uh, some lingering doubt that we have uh, whether God will intervene for us successfully uh, like David went up and, and he had to inquire of the Lord you know shall I go up now he was he was devastated sometimes the condition of your heart and your mind will cause you not to really be certain of, of your stand with God now sometimes fear you know if you're going branching out into a new area something you've never done before there can be an overwhelming sense of, of uh, discomfort and uncertainty and, and the Holy Spirit understands that and so he intercedes for us with groanings the Bible says which cannot be uttered these are groanings aside from praying in the spirit you got me sometimes there's a groan in the spirit sometimes there's a sigh in the spirit there's a, all kinds of ways the holy spirit intercedes for us there have been times where i've been awakened in the middle of the night and i could hear my spirit praying in tongues and i can hear god speaking to me in inside of me things of that nature and so there are so many ways so i mean you know if you goof this up it's it's pathetic when you think about it but but I don't say that to make light of struggles that people have but I'm telling you God makes it 
so um, so pat solid for us to be able to to live for him and do the things that are pleasing to him it's really not that hard uh, people who now this is a life it's a crucified life it's a sacrificial life there is some hardship here uh, sometimes you'll have to endure certain things and not be able to lift a hand to stop it uh, which works to our good you know sometimes we need to keep our hands off certain things you know just for the sake of being mannerly people you know it just sometimes we just want to get too involved in too many things and so when we when we have to to exercise spiritual restraint or natural restraint sometimes that that causes hardship for some people but but God has his reasons for for doing things the way that he does and he'll make it right for us he nobody's ever shortchanged in this kingdom I don't care what you go through you can't say you're being singled out and things aren't fair for you you know you might feel that way but you know that's just a feeling you can get over your feelings and come to a realization of what's real you know when you think about what you really deserve what the the real paycheck would be for the life that we live we i would say we're all to the good at this point you know what i'm saying we all are deserving of eternal damnation but god came and rescued us and the fullness of time for each and every one of us and he says the holy spirit prays all the time makes intercession for the saints according to the will of god so that's your assurance of finding the will of God, knowing the will of God, walking in the will of God, is that the Holy Spirit makes intercession for you. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So there is a a calling to God's purpose there's a response to that call when you are are born again you've responded to the call of salvation uh, you've responded to the call according to God's purpose he purposed before eternity that we would be holy and without blame with him in love so there are certain things that God ordained before we even got here which means our getting here is not is not uh, uh, does not have the power to change his mind about us he never changes his mind about us what he ordained for you from the beginning before you got here before you messed up uh, your parents money that they spent on your education before you messed up your marriage before you messed up anything he predestined you to be conformed to the image of his son and so he continues with what he predestines to do I think many times we can't get over us and I think that's where solid relationship with God comes in if we'll spend more time cultivating a solid relationship with him as father I think we can can see ourselves the way he sees us uh, equipped and fit and ready and meet for the master's use and so when we understand the predestination that he made up his mind about us before we even got here so our getting here and what happens when we get here can't change his mind about what he decided to do amen 
So we have to rest in that. We can rest in that and understand that there are new mercies every morning. Because he's a faithful God. He's a great God. He holds nothing against us. And he's wonderful to us. Then we can understand how he can make things work together for our good. So this issue of timing is something that we have to settle within ourselves. Because I think sometimes people uh, feel like time is their enemy. If you can make time your friend, uh, you'll have it made. But oftentimes time is our enemy. I used to uh, think that was not so serious 20-25 years ago. But now I'm understanding. You know, as old folks used to say, you understand it one day. Just keep living, you know. So I'm understanding now more how time uh, can be the, the enemy of whatever it is you want to do. You know, I'll sit sometimes. I used to just jump up and do things. Now I sit and I stare at something. I say, yeah. <laughs> I had enough faith I'd get you to come over here to me instead of me having to come to you kind of thing. And so at, at different times, you know, time becomes the enemy of man. And I think it's because we don't see things the way God sees them. Remember that he's always at work working things out together for our good. Working together. Which means that he doesn't leave anything out of your life. That is working together for your good. Sometimes there are situations we like to pretend they never happened. Or people in our lives we like to totally forget. And, and don't have any recollection. But God is able to take some of the things that were difficult things or struggles for us. And work those in together with everything else. So he is able to take the good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent. And make it work together for our good. And for the good of other people and situations. And just think. If, if the people, say the people that you've had uh, difficulties with, if they were totally forever removed from your life. I've had people that have come up to me after years and said things like, you know, I've thought about you off and on through the years and, and then we'll just have a good time recalling good things, not the bad things. Even though sometimes something negative might have caused a breach in the relationship. That's because I belong to God. And I know he's working everything together for my good. He's bringing about reconciliation. He's bringing about forgiveness. He's bringing about all of these things to make our lives whole and make them meaningful. So that you can look at, say, a, a relationship that you might have had. Maybe it was a marriage that you had for a short period of time and, and weren't able to invest the time you felt you needed or you wanted in that relationship. God has a way of making that up to us he will reconcile us with those individuals he will cause a peace and a settling uh, there will be a time where you can get together with people and talk about old times where you didn't think you'd ever be able to do that God will work that out for you and and I want those things I want some of those years that that were invested in people that seemed that the whole thing fell apart. I want those things to work out. I don't want it all to be counted as a loss. And so God has what we call a world view. It's not just a, a a personal view like we have of life. But God has what they call a world view. He looks over the whole earth. But also he attends to us personally. And if we forget at any time that God is working for us and working to help us, 
and working on that last emergency prayer where we threaten to hurt somebody if we didn't get it by five o'clock he's working on that one too you know if if we don't keep that in mind then we'll we'll get frustrated and we'll get upset we'll think time's working against us and and then that's bad because when you think time's against you get in a hurry for everything and when you're in a hurry the bible says if you're a believer if you believe god you won't make haste in things and so if the enemy can get us to lose confidence in god and then get pushy 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 in a hurry for things he can cause us to to miss God and cause a major mishap and so we we need to understand that God's concept of time and his appreciation of time is totally different than ours is in Psalms 147 and verse 15 you have an understanding of God's worldview and and how he he uh, approaches uh, things that that maybe we would would think that he's not really that concerned about us, or he's not, you know, we're not on the front burner of his life, or uh, he, we're going to have to wait forever to get some things that we need from God. Uh, you know, we always think God's working slow. I don't know what it is. It's, it's a lie the devil's told about him. But he, he works very, very quickly. Uh, it says here in Psalms, what I say, 147 verse 15. He sends forth his commandment upon the earth. His word runs very swiftly. In other words, we're standing around thinking he's slow and the word shot past us and <laughs> gone to somebody else who's a little swifter in believing God. See, his word runs very swiftly upon the earth once he sends his word forth out his commandment out then that word there's no stopping it because his word is pure there's no hindering the word uh, if we'll hold on to it I think the only thing that hinders it is our lack of faith or our uh, inability to get in sync with what God says he's going to do I think sometimes we're a little afraid of letting God loose in situations uh, because his his word is is alive it makes an impact it's it's sharper than any two-edged sword it's able to separate out uh, people's thoughts you know and the the intents and desires of their hearts that's why a lot of times when you're around people sometimes even Christians your Christian friends that maybe don't believe God like you do. Uh, you know they want to get away from you in a hurry. Why? There's that separation that God's word is doing. You know especially if you're a person that freely shares the word with people. Sometimes that's the last thing uh, people want. Yeah I remember when I was a younger Christian you know and, and you know I would somebody would say something to me and I would just you know say well you know I'm, I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to stay with what God says because he says yada 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 you know just speak the word because that's what I was trying to hold on to and they said I, I'm not talking about that I, I want to talk to you you got me people understand your spirit is separate from your soul and your flesh 
And oftentimes people want to deal with you in the flesh rather than allow you to be the new creation person that God wants you to be. And so that'll separate friends a lot of time. That'll separate you from people who are not of like precious faith. You know, there's there's a, a fork in the road, so to speak, uh, in your journey. And when you come to that fork, sometimes you have to go the way of God and let them go where they want or just sit right where they are. You know, there's we got sitters and quitters in the body of Christ. You know, people just go as far as they feel they're going to go in God and they go no further. They just want to sit there. Which I don't recommend sitting in a kingdom that's increasing all the time. You better try and roll with the increase. Because if you sit, the devil's going to come by and have much stuff for you to get involved in. Absolutely. So there's no there's no just being stagnant here uh, in God's kingdom. God is working all the time. And if you stay in touch with him, he will put you to work and you stay in step with him. He will cause you to accomplish much in your life. I think many people want a lot from God. They just don't believe that they have to do everything that God wants them to do. To get it I mean it's like uh, I you know that's not ne- I don't think that's necessary and God he don't want you to that he don't God understands he yeah right don't take all that absolutely Mr. Gary you heard it a million times haven't you and so when people f- see that you're committed to God there's this this separation out you know but really we're just trying to keep up with God and stay in his timing because he's moving on doing things you know things that that you know the sitters just sit and whine and complain about why they don't get done huh and the doers are are holding on to God's unchanging hand uh, trying to find out their part in things so you know it's it's very very important for us to understand this worldview that God has because there's so many people that don't get it don't want to get it and don't want to participate in it and if you try and have fellowship with them or you try and connect with them uh, in some ways that you'll find that that um, that they'll pull you back okay so God God's eyes run to and fro across the whole earth looking for people who are weak like us. He's always searching out people to show himself strong on their behalf. So he's not looking for the mighty. He's not looking for the noble. He's not looking for the people who have it all together. He's looking for the people who he can show himself strong on their behalf. And so that's you and that's me. Those who are submitted to him, those who are yielded to him, uh, those who respect him and love him, uh, if you will humble yourself to God, he's looking for you. He's looking for you. He's not looking for you to bring anything to the table. He's not looking to you to have everything or possess everything. But he's looking for you. And he wants you to come to him in the condition that you're in so that he can assess what you need he can provide the things that you need and he can equip you for the work that he's called you to do so we have to be careful to stay in tune with God's understanding and his worldview, his his overview of everything that he wants to do in the earth because he has ordained for us to play a part in that. I don't care how you envision yourself or what you think about yourself. We all have a part in God's greater picture of what he wants to do in this earth. Second Peter 
three nine tells us that God is not slack concerning his promises man he's not slack at all as some people call slackness so why don't I turn there praise God and Naya you can't out preach me so let's just cut it out <laughs> I've been over preached and under preached by the best of them praise the Lord she's gotten big I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to start respecting her a little bit more and push her around like a little anything praise God second Peter 3 in verse 9 he says <clears throat> in verse 8 it says here but beloved be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day he says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but he's long suffering toward us see we think we want things in a hurry but it says here God's suffering long with us oh, he's long suffering not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance and so God when, when Peter is talking here specifically about the day of the Lord which will come when when the whole earth uh, will be judged and, and uh, you know the the church will be raptured out and all those uh, end time events will happen you know if, if she she's not going to be quiet you guys can take her over in the little bistro area and let her stretch out a little bit if you want because you can hear the word over there so he says here he's not slack concerning his promises and so he's talking about the day of the Lord which comes as a thief in the night and which the heavens and the earth will pass away with great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up and so God is long suffering with us as he is developing our faith in his promises as well see he's long suffering why he doesn't want you to just be cut off without nothing see he wants to give you what it is you desire to have but as far as time is concerned there are so many things that determine the timing of God in your life sometimes there are things that uh, uh, if you're uh, in a family or, or in a church situation a setting there are certain things that other people play a certain part in your life as well we're a body and so God is allowing all the parts that need to come together for the completion of that thing to come together and so while we're just looking at our end of it you know we want more money so we can buy more stuff God's looking at other issues involved he's looking at uh, what what the other person wants and so forth and so on I can remember when I was <clears throat> before my husband really uh, got saved he would you know uh, God would tell me certain things that he wanted me to do and I said well God when are we going to do this? he says he says well I want him to receive I said him who <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was supposed to be blessed because I was saved you understand what I'm saying well God wants to bless other people in your life too he wants to bless your family he wants to do things for them so when I found out God was considering the household you know which we claim we believe in household salvation but when it comes to something we really want versus what the other person wants we see how much we really believe in it 
so God is trying to show us what's important to him. The total picture is important to him. If it's not going to be harmony, if it's not going to bring harmony in that household, then he's not going to do it. I remember telling him over and over again to tell my husband certain things. He said, I tell him every time you tell me to tell him something, I tell him. I said, well, how come he ain't doing it? I was like, well, how come you ain't doing what I do? You understand what I'm saying? So God God speaks to us, speaks to others, but people have to be convinced, you know, to do the will of God. He can't just bulldoze people and make them do stuff and so he's amen he's a god of love and a god of mercy he would you know people will do will make major changes if you allow them the opportunity to change their thinking change their that's the way god works he works through repentance and he's able to convince people of the right way to do and the right way to go so we have to understand that those things are involved in the timing of god as well and so when we When we can access proper timing by submitting to God and being attentive to his voice and to his leading. So that's when you get in sync with God is when you can submit to him and let go of your anxiety about time, your anxiety about, uh, you know, you know, especially when it comes to uh, things that we've set as goals, you know, and, and I know you can botch up believing for a loved one to get saved or something like that pretty bad and God still saves them. You know, I mean, I can can list the mistakes that I made being anxious about my husband's conversion. And so, you know, I'm sure God did things exactly the way he had planned to do them in his life, exactly what he felt needed to be done. I have total assurance that God had his way in that situation because he came, he began to teach me about his time and teach me what he's after. See, he's not willing that anybody should perish, but he wants people to come to true repentance. And I, I knew a lot of friends of mine that had husbands that went to church and I'd look at them and say, no, they don't even act saved, you know. You know what I'm saying. It's just, you know, that, that thing that, that people do. They, they have a tradition of coming. Uh, the husband's embarrassed because the wife and the kids go and he goes, you know. And, and so, you know, but God wants people to be converted. He wants them to truly repent so he can save them. See, people aren't saved for a show. They're not saved so we can feel good about our high-powered prayers. They're saved because God doesn't want to see them go to hell. That's exactly why they're saved. And God knows when people really are convinced and when they really believe and when they really have made that transition and that turn so that they can can uh, understand the will of God. So it's very important for us to respect timing of things with God. You just don't get in a rush for everything, but then don't put things off. And see, we as believers have the tendency to do both things. We'll tend to, to, you know, some things we just don't want to get involved in because they're going to move us off of a comfort zone. You know, some things will cause us to have to change our minds about us and about other people. You know, sometimes God will put people in your life you thought you didn't have anything in common with. And then when the deal goes down, you find you have a lot. Because you never bothered to find out anything 
about people. So it's very important for us to, to stay open to that. When we find the will of God, you got to surrender to that. I don't care what time it is. I don't care if you think you're out of time. I don't care if you think it's overtime for you. You have to surrender and let time not be a factor. Because God takes care of time. He's in charge of time. He brings time with him. He makes time stand still. He'll give us more time. He'll he'll do a lot of things in, in that respect. You know, people nowadays have all these gadgets where they can keep up with time. And, you know, well, we've lost uh, a tenth of a second or something like that. You don't know where that second went because you're not in charge of time. You're in charge of your little instruments and you think you know something. But God can make time, you know, in a blink of an eye, he can take a hundred years away and nobody be aware of it. You know, it's just, well, here we are again. You got me? And so we, we have to respect the fact that God has things in mind when he does this. Now, there are certain concepts God has in mind with time when it's concerning time. So I, I did a little, a little walk through the word here uh, to show what he has in mind when when he talks about time, how he evaluates things uh, as far as time is concerned. In Genesis 4.3, we see a concept, excuse me, the phrase time is used here. And to get the essence of what, he, what the author is talking about here, uh, we, we can look at it. Uh, it says here, in process of time. Hmm. It came to pass. In a process of time it came to pass. And he says that Cain brought the fruit of the ground of an offering to the Lord. So process of time here really is referring to uh, a daily thing or a continual thing. So one of God's concepts of time is repetitiveness. You got me? Do you do it regularly? Do you do it daily? Do you, there's something about repetitiveness in us that gets us to, to understand how God views it. When you do something continually, whatever that is, it becomes a habit. Why did you develop that habit? And what was driving you to develop that habit? Here, Cain continually brought the wrong type of offering to God to atone for his sins. He brought a, the offering of the fruit of the ground where the Bible says without the shedding of blood there's no remission. And so his sins began to pile up and pile up and pile up and pile up as in his soul. He got angrier and angrier. You know the things that he did wrong continued to mount up. And so it's because he did them daily continually. That is the process of time. So how you process your time is very important to God. What do you do continually? He watches that. He watches the things that we do habitually. He watches the things that we do continually because they reflect an attitude of the heart. They reflect some kind of concept where faith is involved. They, they reflect something, a goal, something we are after. When we develop a habit and do something continually. Now it's good to do good things continually. And, and spiritual things continually. But you know how hard it is to get a spiritual habit going and not drop it? it you know, you keep living a few years for God and you'll see. It gets a little difficult sometimes. But God looks at that 
to determine whether or not in our hearts we're committed to him whether or not in our hearts we're really sold out to him what we do continually and what we do on a daily basis so he made this offering but he made the wrong offering so his heart was not pure and his heart was not right in the way he approached God and that makes all the difference in the world to God now people will say well yeah but he did it every day I mean he brought something well something isn't really going to cut it with God God wants obedience all the way down the line and I'm sure that's what Cain was thinking well as long as I show up every day with something that should satisfy God but it didn't satisfy God because his sin was at the door and you know the story he wound up murdering his brother as as a um, because he never varied what he did every day to do the right thing you know how sometimes we can we can miss it so many times and then all of a sudden jump up and do the right thing and God like forgives everything and sets you right back on a course again. Amen. We've all experienced that. You walked off away from the things of God and not done your prayer like you're supposed to and not read your word like you're supposed to. And all of a sudden you decide, well, I'm just going to stop this. I got to get back in my word again. And you plot right over there and it's like you didn't miss anything. If you repent and you get God's cleansing on your soul, it's like you didn't miss anything. And so that's the way God looks at things and, and to think that this man killed his brother because he refused to break the bad habit of continually offering the wrong sacrifice to God. Think if he just could have done it once. You know, and got forgiven and then got back into the right standing with God. Would have been that he wouldn't. I mean, God forgives, folks. He, he forgives, but he was stubborn about it. And he set about daily to do the wrong thing in the sight of God. And so those things are important. What do you do habitually? What do you do daily? What do you do on a continual basis? That's why it's good to have things happen in your life that cause you to break a routine sometimes. You know, I mean, it's just good sometimes to to be flexible, uh, to be, uh, um, you know, un, unflustered when things don't go your way and you got to break that routine a little bit. Sometimes it's God having you break that routine, especially if it's something that's not drawing you closer to him. If it's time away from him, he will cause that thing to, to be upset in some way. Sometimes there are friends and acquaintances that we have that we lose interest in or they lose interest in us or we go and get involved in other things. Sometimes it's nothing uh, nothing personal or there's no strife or any contention there. There's nothing, no ill will. We just go our way and they go their way because you, you walk with these people for a certain season or a certain length of time and, and then the, the connection is, is not there anymore but you still keep on in God. You know, they keep on their way in God. You keep on your way in God. And at some point, those roads will meet up again. And you'll be able to see. You say, girl, you still serving God? Yeah, I'm still serving God. You know, that kind of thing. And so that's always uh, good that, that God can, can do those things. And so sometimes that break in your routine is to show you uh, the greatness of God and, and what God is doing in the life of another individual. In Genesis 17:21, we see another concept of time in God. What, what does he mean when he talks about time? Genesis 17 and verse 21, 
He says, by my covenant will I establish with Isaac, but my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. So the set time God is talking about here is an appointed time. There was an appointed time in God's mind for Isaac to be born. So that explains why all of Abraham and Sarah's attempts to bring forth the son that God had promised him did not work. There were many reasons why Isaac couldn't have been born earlier, uh, not the least of which was, was Abraham's and Sarah's maturity in God. Um, I think when God gives you responsibility to raise, and I've told told younger believers this as well, especially when they're they're newly married or thinking about getting married or something like this. But I said, did, did it ever occur to you that God may have already set in mind the date, the time, the appearance of your offspring based on what he has called them in this earth to do? See, there's the worldview again. And it, it should not in any fear, any way interfere with your personal view about things. It shouldn't interfere with that. But so often we're anxious about things because these are things we've been wanting to do all our lives. And you know all this kind of stuff we think we're putting it off and all that. And sometimes it's not just not God's not moving that direction for that to happen. I think when God gives you seed he expects them to be raised in his nurture and admonition i think he gives faithful seed to faithful people you know and i've seen children who are raised in christian homes where the parents are on fire for god and those kids are taught to to witness and and win souls and do all of that stuff and it's reinforced in in the home it takes maturity on the part of parents to do that folks it really does and so God doesn't want it's not that he doesn't trust you to be a good parent but he has something in mind for that child he got something in mind for them and he does not want that disturbed and so we have to to be comfortable allowing God's worldview to come into our hearts and merge with the things that we desire for ourselves personally I think it's a great honor that God would include you in his great plan for the world and his plan for the universe and to consider your contribution to be very important there that's that's an honor you know it's it's not going to hurt your life uh, to get in sync with what God wants you to do and trust me he's got plenty for us to do if we'll stay in tune with him so there was an appointed time for Isaac to appear in the earth we're not sure all that was involved there but we do know part of it did have to do with maturity uh, with the parents because we see the parents are just really getting to know God and so God can make your child a world shaker and a world changer even though you may have come to the Lord in your adult years after your children were born he can make them anything that he's ordained for them to be but we've got to stay in sync with his timing in things you can't get anxious about things you can't get overwrought about things and you have to uh, give everything over to God's control you got to trust him in these things trust him daily you know trust him to speak to your children trust him to to um, uh, give them words of knowledge and words of wisdom the Holy Spirit can speak to your children he can speak to you he can speak to them
It was kind of funny. I was uh, uh, years ago. I was uh, talking to a couple. They were uh, young ministers. They were wanting to be youth ministers at the church that I was attending, and they had a little girl that uh, kind of took a liking to me, and so she would find me at church and you know run up to me and everything. But she had a little temper, you know. She'd get home and throw her little fits and stuff, and and so she was on. The, I was talking to her mom. Mom was on the phone, and so um, she was just carrying on and carrying on. And so I put her on the. She I said, "Well, put her on the phone, see if she'll talk to me." And so. Uh, uh, I I told her, I said, go in your prayer closet and talk to Jesus for a minute when you get upset. And so the mom says she went in the closet and when she came out, she asked her what she says. And she said, Jesus said, I love you. And she said, and I'm just calming down. (laughs) I was more than shocked. You know, even sometimes you just want kids to shut up. But you think, well, I'll be spiritual about it this time, you know. And <laughs> but he talked to her. Sometimes if we'll reach out and look for these words of wisdom and ide- witty ideas that God will give us in the midst of, of situations, we'll find that there's a lot of help for us in these things, a whole lot of help for us. And so those things are good to keep in mind that God has a purpose for your seed. He has a purpose for your offspring. And it goes beyond just taking care. You know, I don't know why people get so stressed and overwhelmed at the cost of things, you know, and the appearance of things. Uh, you need to be more focused on, you know, I'm speaking the word over my child. I'm blessing my child all the time. I'm getting them accustomed to the presence of the Holy Spirit. I'm doing these things so that you can impart that strength in their spirit to them because they're going to need it. You look at what's out there and you don't want your kids to be a part of that you you can't take them out of it but you got to strengthen them to endure it and to to be wise through it and so this is this is the thing I was watching a, um, a program. It just some things happen so quickly, uh, just so quickly. A bad decision is made on somebody's part, and and it can change a person's life forever. Uh, there was a, a young man, and they were showing him going through a process of trying to get an appeal for a conviction that he had, and from all rational accounts it looks like this young man didn't do anything but his older sister took him to a bar he was underage he was like 16 or 17 years old she took him to a bar he ran into somebody who begged him for a ride now this is a kid that doesn't know anything from anything and he was he was duped into this uh this situation and he claims the man that he gave the ride to he dropped off at his house and he went home and uh, it turns out the man confessed to murdering somebody and said he was the one who actually did it and this young man was he's in jail now see you see what i'm saying just in a snap the devil is so willing to take others with him to hell if he can it just is a just a bad decision that snaps and it can turn a person's life upside down and it lasts forever now he's a, he's in jail with no possibility for life with no possibility of parole do you see there's been no evidence no dna evidence no nothing was there to link him to that except this man's words and the man has since recanted and said he didn't he made the whole thing up but it's stuck 
You see what I'm saying? Somebody's got to know God and get a miracle there for that thing to be reversed. So that young man can live again. But I'm telling you the snares of the enemy are so out there. And so he's so ready to snatch somebody into the snare. And so you want to put things into your, your seed that are of lasting spiritual value. Spiritual strength, not weakness. You want them to be leaders and overcomers, not wishy-washy and, and, you know, go along with the crowd. And so these are things that, that we need to understand that God has put them here at the time that they're here because they fit into his worldview. They fit into his worldview. Sometimes you have to, you have to find that, that, that purpose for that child. You have to find what God wants them to do and put God on the case as soon as you can and allow that child to be everything that God has put them in the earth to be. There are no accidents in God's kingdom. Everybody that's here that's a seed of the righteous is here for a purpose. And so we have to find out God's will and God's purpose in that uh, so that we can can get them where they need to be and outfit them in the things that they need to be uh, outfitted in. Give them the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding. Don't ever think God can't teach them his ways when they're young. He can. And so when we understand that and put those things first and put those things before God, you know, God, I want this child to be what you want them to be, not what I want them to be, what you want them to be. And I want this to work out for us, for this child's good. So uh, in Exodus 9 verse 5, it says the Lord appointed a set time saying tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in this land one of the things that you can count on is when God tells you he's going to do something if there is a set time for it he will do it in that set time and start believing him for the set time don't believe him for any old time God can tell you uh, when to expect him to show up and do things God will always be on time if we expect him to be on time. He keeps his word. He does things in the fullness of time. God keeps account of time. In Deuteronomy 3 and verse 18. He knows everything that's going on all the time. He knows how much time is spent on something. Deuteronomy 3 and verse 18 God says and I commanded you at that time saying the Lord your God has given you this land to possess it you shall pass over armed before your brethren and the children and all the children and all that are meat for war now how did I miss that Deuteronomy 318 ah. hang on let me see if I got the Is that it? They also possess all their. No, that's not the one. I got to look it up again. All right. God keeps up with time. That's the concept that I wanted to get. It's not reflected there. 
Let me let me go to Luke one fifty seven because that's more where I want it to go anyway. Luke one fifty seven. God does things in the fullness of time. It says, Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. You know, I w- when I worked in maternity nursing, we had a saying that babies come when they're due. And and you can you can estimate so that you won't put the safety of the baby in jeopardy so that the mother knows and can go uh, to get help when labor is about to start. But there is a, a completion of everything that happens in the womb and then that baby comes forth. That's why the Bible says that none of your babies shall cast their young before their time. In other words, God gives you an assurance of against miscarriage because if the baby comes prematurely, then all things are not completed in that little life for it to live and be viable in the earth. And so God has a fullness of time in the completion of the formation of a child just like he has the fullness of time for every seed that he puts in the earth. The seeds of the promises that God has given you. The seeds of the prayers that you are praying. There's a fullness of time when that thing is mature enough for it to come forth. If it's not mature it will not survive. It'll be a hard it'll be hard getting it to survive on its own on some kind of basic life support. And so we have to respect the gestation period, you know, where something grows uh, as an idea or as a vision or as a dream. Habakkuk 2 says that that dream even if it tarries, it will surely come to pass and it won't tarry forever. So once God sets something in motion, there is a set time for it to come to pass and it's a fullness of time where where all things considered are accomplished for it to be delivered. That's what it was said about Jesus before he was born. That there were all things had come together and were accomplished before Jesus came into this world. And so we, we need to respect that in the time of God. That there are things that are being accomplished in your spirit when you begin to pray about things. There are things that are being matured and, and accomplished in other individuals. There are sometimes other people need to be moved so that they can be a part of what you are doing in the earth. Uh, you know, if you're a person that that is looking for a job or uh, has put in an application for a job and you're sitting there just nervous and wanting it to happen God has to speak to somebody about you he has to give you favor with somebody uh, he has to put your name on somebody's mind he has to remind somebody about you uh, sometimes the enemy has put your application at the bottom of a pile God's got to move it to the top and show that to somebody and so there are certain things that have to be put in motion just like a uh, the cells of a, a baby being matured so that that baby can live fully on its own and so when when it's not like that it's it's being hastened by some something something is causing a hastening in that process and so you want to respect the process of uh, maturing and, and maturation of, of all of the hopes and dreams and promises that God has promised us because when when it comes full term that's when it's most enjoyable 
See, it's a, a full-term birth is more enjoyable than a premature birth. You know, you have to be concerned about so many things. Uh, will the baby survive? Uh, if there are organs that have to be developed, will those organs develop? Some of the treatments that have to be given, will there be side effects for the treatment? There are so many things. It's much, much better um, to have a full term than someone that's premature, you know, and, and uh, not, not really. And it's stressful on a little baby. I think that's one of the things that's hardest to see uh, is, you know, wires and tubes and poking them and all of that it's it's I mean they get there but you know it, you just think to yourself as a parent is if there was a way for me to spare this child this I sure certainly would want to do that you got me that's that's the way that goes and so we need to understand that there's a fullness of time for everything that we can stay in sync with God's timing uh, then we'll be better off to just allow that process to take place and uh, we don't even know how it takes place uh, just like a mother uh, just doesn't know what all is going on with that life inside of her we don't know all that's going on with the promises are are inside of us but we know there is a fullness of time because God's faithful if we stay faithful to him he'll be faithful to us and that thing will come to pass in in the due season in the appointed time in the set time so in, in God's idea of time there are two concepts of time that that he has one is a set time or a proper time or a season a convenient season or a due season and if you're anywhere you know around prophetic people nowadays that's the buzzword a season Oh, it's your season. Oh boy, I'm getting so tired of seasoning. You know, I, I've had, I've been salted, peppered, and garliced, and marinated, and I don't know what other seasoning I could have that I haven't had yet. So maybe I'll get timed next. <laughs> ah. But you know what I'm saying. I mean, it, these words get thrown around, and pretty soon they just kind of lose their importance. But if you can hold on to the fact that there is a due season for everything uh, that God has for us. He, he revives things in us. Uh, you know that when a seed is planted in your heart, you don't know how it's planted. See? And you don't know the, the season when it's supposed to come forth. You know? Um, it, some plants, like the Bible talks about when an ear of corn comes first. It's the blade, then the ear, then the full ear of the corn. Well, we look at it all in one planting season. But in the season of growth in a human being, that blade can shoot up and just stay a blade for like 15 or 20 years. And then the other part of the ear of the corn not come till 15 or 20 years later. That's the way God is. He'll have you live in the life of that blade for a long time. He'll have you live at a certain level of growth for a long season. And then all of a sudden it starts to rain again. And there starts to be growth. And you start to feel a stirring on the inside of your spirit. Where your spirit man starts stretching out. and uh, I'm ready to go again. You know what I'm saying? Like no time has passed. And you look around and, and time has elapsed. And it's because God's looking at the whole of things he's not just looking at our little corner of it he's looking at the whole of things and so when when you start really looking at the whole of things you'll have a little more respect for 
my goodness I didn't know God was going to do all of that I didn't know all of that was involved in it I didn't know, know all of that was going to happen you know that kind of thing so we're kind of in awe at, at God's way his ability to organize things keep everything together uh, tell all his kids apart you know my mother only had four and she got us confused all the time but you know God calls you by name and every time he calls you he calls you don't call you Johnny it's oops you look like little John no you you are who you are all the time to him and so he has great capacity uh, to keep all of these things sorted out keep it keep it running on course and on schedule so always trust God you know if you ever get confused about something or you get perplexed or or you get discouraged you know check in with him and uh, he'll keep you going he'll he'll show you that the season or the timing for you is is you're right on time with things you may not be having a a a, a party every day or a, a whiz bang time but you know you're you're on time you're you're as long as you're walking with God and you're connected with him you are on time so don't you haven't missed anything that's the other thing too people think that uh, certain things happen in their lives and, and they've got things missing no you have God's peace and that peace means that nothing's missing it's somewhere God has it reserved for you and he's going to bring it forth for you he's going to bring back that joy that you used to have in in serving him the joy that you used to have in prayer and in worship and all of that he brings all of that back because he's got it reserved for us he hasn't forgotten us he really hasn't in um, Mark I think it's one fifteen. where did I want to go with this let me look and see what it has there hey, Mark I want to blame this on, on something, but I can't think of anything to blame it on. So I'm just going to roll with it, and hopeful, hopefully you'll uh, understand. Mark 1:15. See what we got here. All right. So John the the Baptist, and this is the other thing about time. God has a way of announcing time through His prophets, and He says John the Baptist was. <coughs> after he was put in preaching Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom saying the time is fulfilled okay the time is fulfilled in other words Israel what you have been waiting for that time is over the time of waiting is over now it's amazing you can tell people it's time for something and they're content to wait there are, are there were people in in Israel who denied that Jesus was the Messiah and they're still waiting on him you understand what I'm saying and he preached himself and said the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand repent ye and believe the gospel well you're going to lose 90% of your crowd when you tell them to repent you got me especially Pharisees because they felt that they had a, a market on uh, righteousness self-righteousness they knew everything and they didn't really need anybody coming to them telling them to be humble uh, sell you know if you got two coats sell one you know making them feel convicted if they were greedy or if they were uh, uh, um, stealing from widows and so forth and so on they had no time for that 
And so they totally missed the time of their visitation of Christ. And that was the vast majority of Jews uh, went along with that and denied him. The ones that we see that wound up being the apostles, it was just a small handful. It's always a remnant with God. A remnant will be saved. There's, it's like out of every denomination... There are few people who really have relationship with God and they'll hold on to the bitter end. And every, uh, every congregation, there's a handful who will seek to be active, you know, in God. And, and sometimes it's hard because if you're a, a go-getter and you're a person that really loves witnessing, you really love serving God and, and, there, and you see, a, and you're with a bunch of people that don't want to do anything, you know, they'll put a drag on you if they can. They want converts too, just like God wants them. And so you have to learn how to free yourself up from those things that, that control you and want to hinder you. But always be free in your spirit and know that your time will come. The time of the remnant people to be used by God will definitely come. And God will begin to gather them together again. He always does. And he brings them to a place where they can pick up with him where where they left. Pick up that, that zeal. Pick up that work that God put in your heart to do. Pick up that understanding of the things of God. So there is a fullness of time there. Was this Mark 1, 15? Galatians 4, 4 also talks about a time of fulfillment that will happen. And God is so, so not moved when we're in a hurry for things. We're never in a hurry to do stuff, spiritual stuff. You know, like pray or give more, you know. Gee, I just got paid. I got to run to church so I can tithe. You know, we're never in a hurry for that. But we're always in a hurry for stuff. And so God is not moved by our lust for stuff. Okay. It says, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. So there was Jesus was not early. He was not late. He was on time. The rejection that he received, he would have received it had he come a day sooner or a day later. You got me? He would have been on time whenever he got here. So there was a fullness of time for the nation of Israel uh, to start to long for the Messiah. There was a fullness of time for a, a little Jewish girl to be submitted to God and go along with the plan of God. That she would be a mother even though she was not married yet and did not know a man. All of those things happen because people's hearts are set in a, a place in God where they can respond properly to these things. God has to prepare the hearts of people. You know, whether we know it or not. Uh, that's why sometimes it, it's good to just be obedient to God whether you understand what he's asking you to do or not. There's a request maybe that somebody else has made that's depending upon your obedience. That you just have to learn how to do what God tells you to do and, and not feel real jolly about it and not feel any way about it. But just do it because God says to do it. So there's a time for everything. In 1 Corinthians 4 5, there will be a time of judgment of the earth. And we can't put that off. And we can't hasten it. It's already set in God's mind uh, when that's going to come. Romans 5 6 tells us again, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. 
there was a time for his death to show to the world the goodness of God in Luke 138 you see the example of Mary how she was submitted to God's time in her life and if there's one thing I, I think I would like to impress upon you is how important it is to submit yourself to the will of God which always includes the timing of God and the time of God in things and Luke 138 Mary said behold the handmaid of the Lord let it be unto me according to your word and after that the angel departed from her so there was nothing about God's plan for Mary that seemed convenient for her it was you know she wasn't married didn't understand how she was going to conceive a child uh, not having come together with her betrothed husband yet she didn't understand any of that stuff and we don't have to understand diddly either Amen. you understand what I'm saying you don't have to understand nothing you just have to understand when God talks to you you must respond appropriately to him you have to submit to his voice and to his will and to what he's telling you you need to do you're not going to be able to see the end of it because God is looking at a world view of things he's looking at a greater picture of things he's looking at things in such a way that he doesn't want us to miss anything and we're not going to miss anything in God we won't miss a thing but we have to discipline ourselves to learn how to live by faith and get ourselves out of this adversity with time get us out of this striving against time and fearful about time you know as time increases uh, what do we what do we do with it you know as the time draw, draws near to the end of the age or the end of our physical lives here what do we do with our time and so we have to at all times submit things to the will of God so God has to bring his world view and our place in it together in order for us to participate fully in his plan for our lives God's worldview is bigger than what's going on in your church in your household or in your city it encompasses God as he views your place in the whole world and it has very little to do with you hopping on a plane and going somewhere but it has to do with your positioning yourself in the will of God and he will move you if he if it's required that you move somewhere he'll move you there if it's required that you connect with certain people he'll make sure that that connection locks in and that you know that you're locked into the right individuals and the right people and so he'll cause an adjustment then for you once you say yes to him and his view of you in the world then he will cause an adjustment in your attitude your personal life and any seeming conflict that you think his his view or his worldview is causing in your life it will adjust somehow I can remember my husband telling me well I don't know if I want you to do all this and I don't know what you're going to do and you know he would just all of a sudden calm down about it and he wasn't nervous about it anymore and I knew it was God and, and many times God confirmed through him what his will was for me because many times you know if you're zealous for God you'll go off and run and do a lot of stuff that that he never ordained for you to do and so it it was a safeguard for me to for God to confirm things through my husband as the head of our household God works all the time and and we will work all the time if we work with him there's always something to do in God's kingdom 
It's always somebody to bless. Somebody you can write an encouraging word to. That's part of his worldview. If your gift is to exhort and encourage, he wants you to use that gift. Uh, it, many times people who would be exhorters, if they don't get out and use that gift, they'll be crabs. You know what I'm saying? They'll be discouragers. <laughs> so you have the opposite effect instead of the blessing effect. So when we submit to his plan, we receive the blessing of his mind and any other attributes or equipment that is necessary for our success. So God then begins to impart to us all of the things that we need to carry out the job, even though we're blessed in it. You know, sometimes I know when we have our conferences, I'll I like, you know, fold myself in a suitcase and drag myself to the bus or the van and just get there. And then once I get there, then God gives me new energy. He gives me new strength. He gives me new vision, new ability to do all of the things. And then at the end of the four days, you wonder where it went. You say, dang, it's over already. You understand what I'm saying? And so once you step into his will, you step into that arena of where the grace of God is and the anointing. To, to equipment and all of those things to do your job when you step into that that begins to take over and it's that way with everything God God has us to do you know we need to adopt a greater vision of who we are and what God's doing and, and that he's using us that we have a part in everything that he's doing everything uh, because we we certainly do and, and there are so few laborers that oftentimes we're going to have to double up on our duties and we're order to get everything accomplished but we first got to step into that and take that first step that God wants us to, to take so his worldview plan and our personal needs will coalesce they will come together at some point we'll be able to see okay God I see why you had me do this or I see why you had me prepare myself this way at some point so Christians need to adopt and seek a bigger view of what's going on besides just them. I know we've been blessed to to be able to see our our effect in the cities where we pray and where we uh, have our meetings, so forth and so on. But I know that it's much greater than that, and I know that God is opening up doors and opportunities for us to be able to share the knowledge that He's given us in very very unique ways, so that these things become available to other people and. Uh, more and more as we continue to be faithful in it we'll see a greater picture of the worldview of God come to rest in our lives simply because we've been obedient where we are amen father we thank you for your word and for understanding and we thank you Lord that uh, your view is so much bigger than ours and and we need to uh, get a bigger picture and want to coalesce with that view that you have and and come in line with your mind more God we we really really need to do that uh, because it's as we do that, we'll get so far removed from the petty challenges that we may have and the petty uh, differences that we have with people, Father, that we can grow into the body that you have caused us to grow into and make a great impact in this world. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up for prayer. Praise God.